Hey there, this is Chris Horn again, uh, talking with you about Scripture. Um, this is the third and final episode on Scripture, and um, we've been exploring how Scripture is an encounter with God, and we've been putting ourselves in a place um, where we are the recipients of Scripture and we are not the active agents, and actually asking God to be the one who is active. And this takes a lot of relearning because we're used to, whether we're hearing sermons or reading the scripture alone um, or having a Bible study, we're used to reading scripture and then deciding or figuring out what it means and what it means for us. And we've sort of put ourselves in the driver's seat and God's inviting us to an encounter to actually invert that. And the way that we receive the word and the posture that we receive it in is actually more important often than what we think about scripture or what we say we believe about scripture. Um, Cause we can say all day long that we think scripture is authoritative in our lives. And then we treat it in a way as if we are the ones who are authoritative over it. And God invites us out of that kind of silliness and into an encounter with him. So we saw that scripture is an encounter with God's love and that scripture is a story, it's an encounter with God in story, both our story and his story coming together um, to shed light on each other. And what I want to um, explore with you today and give you guys a chance to explore, I mean, in, in these, really the real work is happening um, after you get done listening to this episode and you start ex- um, exploring scripture together. But I, what I want to um, challenge us to think is that one of the most critical um, components to encountering God in Scripture is actually who we read Scripture with, um, the community of faith that we read Scripture with. Um, You may know when you encounter something awesome, the first thing that most of us want to do after we say that's awesome or take a picture is we're like, I can't wait to tell somebody about that. You know, the reason why we take pictures usually of something is to show them to someone else. The encounter isn't really um, complete until we're able to share it. And that's and that's by design. Um, I recently was reading scripture and I started to pray and I said, Father, and then it just struck me like it was like God just showed up in a really profound way. And I was like, you are you're my father and I'm your child. Um, and as someone that didn't really have a father, I was so powerful. Like I was like, God is real. He's my father. He loves me. And the first thing I did was I reached out to my friend, Matt, um, as we talk, we've had a pretty much daily conversation for the better part of a decade. And, um, it was something about like, it wasn't, completely real almost until I shared it with him. And so we're going to look at three parts of scripture. Let's get on with it here. Three snapshots about how scripture um, is an encounter with God that is fully alive when we're with others. And so the first um, part I want to read is here in Acts chapter two, the Acts of the Apostles. This is at the very end of Acts two. Don't turn there, just listen. And there's been this big sermon by Peter and all these people come to faith in Jesus, um, like 5,000 people at once, I think it is. And this is what 
This is a description of the baby church, the first days of the church. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Uh, In the baby church, in the first days of the church, they gathered around the word, women and men who had come to faith in Jesus, and they received the word together, like the apostles' teaching. And the life that they shared, the way that they shared life together, and they had all things in common, and um, the robustness of their community actually enabled them to receive the word, and receiving the word enabled their community. They were transformed by the word and by their life together. It was actually their experience of life in one another. And as God encountered each of them in scripture, that gave them this full life that they shared. Um, it's like an epoxy. You know, if you've ever used an epoxy, it's, it's usually like these two elements that you mix them together and that's what makes it potent. That's where the solidness comes from. It's from the word and the community of faith mixing together. God did not write the scripture to us as individuals. Our encounter with God in scripture isn't something primarily done between you and God. The word is meant to be received by a people in community. Um, And I I think part of the reason why we struggle with scripture um, and often feel so alone is because we come to our own sort of interpretation. We are the active agent. And then, and then we join together in the community and we hold our interpretations together. And then we decide whether to be, um, whether we can be friends and be in community with one another based on our individual interpretation that we came to. When we realize that actually God is interpreting us and he puts his word in our community to be shared Bonhoeffer, again, the the pastor and theologian in Germany who opposed the Nazis, uh, he wrote in his great book, which is called Life Together, he said, the Christian needs his brother solely because of Jesus Christ. The Christ in his own heart is weaker than the Christ in the heart of his brother. His own heart is uncertain. His brother's is sure. Did you catch that? Like, often the Christ in our own heart, our own faith, is weaker than the Christ in the word of our of our brother or sister, that our own heart is uncertain, but our brother or sister's heart is sure. We need one another to receive the word with faith. And the ancient church lived in dependence on one another and allowed others to live in dependence on them, to hurt when your sister hurts and to thrive when your brother thrives. That's the set, that is the nest into which God lays the egg of Scripture. When I think about my almost decade-long, now unbroken daily conversation with Matt, um, I've seen how that setting is a place that I receive the Word, and he receives the Word, and we actually encounter God together. You know, he'll say, I think you're off here, or I'll I'll say, look, I see you coming alive in this space, and then suddenly the encounter with God Um, takes on a new dimension as we remind each other, remember what God said. 
And that's often how the word becomes real. If we sit and read the scripture silently to ourselves, often it it seems abstract and mental and detached. It's like a crossword puzzle. And we need to hear the word from one another in one another's lives, from one another's lips, in one another's hearts. You know, like if you ever hear yourself on a video, you'll say, ah, does my voice really sound like that? (laughs) You know, it's funny, like we don't even know what our own voices sound like. Like the voice that I'm hearing myself talking right now is not the same as the voice that you're hearing. And God's word is much the same. We receive it together and share it with one another. And so some ways that, um, like like a, a way that I've seen this really powerfully is there's this thing called the Courage for Life Bible. Um, and it's read, it's the Bible and it's all read by women. And the reason why that exists is because it's for women who have survived abuse by men. And it's healing to hear God's voice um, in a voice that's different than the kind of voice in the people who abuse them. It actually restores and heals the inward ear and eye of the heart to hear that, the word through the voice of a woman instead of conflating God's voice with those who may have hurt us. And so if we are, if we are part of a community and the church is a community of faith around the world and throughout time, the question becomes, um, who are we reading the Bible with? I had a friend who's actually from Ukraine. Um, I was speaking with about scripture and she said, well, it's interesting that that's the way that you, that the Bible lands with you because it, it doesn't land with me in the same way. We often understand the Bible in our context and it's never questioned because we are not reading it with our sisters and brothers around the world. If you're a Christian, you're, you're, the global church is your community. It's funny to think like when you think about the global disbursement of religion, you know, 99% of Hindus live in the Asia Pacific. 61% of Muslims live in Asia Pacific and 20%, um, actually 36% live in the Middle East and Africa. But when it comes to Christians, you know, 13% live in the Asia Pacific, 26% live in Sub-Saharan Africa, 24% live in Europe, 25% live in Latin America, and 12% live in North America. Uh, what voices are we reading scripture with? But anyway, um, I could go on about that forever. Where we read and receive God's encounter in Scripture with one another. There's also this story in Luke chapter 16. Uh, I won't read the whole thing, um, but Jesus tells it's this a parable called the rich man and Lazarus, and it's this rich man. He eats these beautiful feasts each night, and he wears fine clothes. And there's this poor man named Lazarus who sits at his gates each day, and he longs to be fed with the crumbs from the rich man's table. And actually dogs come and they lick his sores. And it's like the only mercy that he receives is from these dogs. And the two men, two men die and God speaks to, uh, or the, the rich man is speaking to Abraham. And the rich man is in torment and hell and Lazarus, the poor man, is being comforted with God. And... Um, the rich man says, you know, uh, you got to go, Father Abraham, send Lazarus 
He still thinks he's in charge of Lazarus. Send Lazarus to go and, and, and to and to cool my tongue. And then he's like, well, and if not, then uh, you know, you know, and Abraham says, well, you got your good things and before, and Lazarus got his bad things, and now it's reversed. And he's like, well, send um, someone to go back from the dead. Send Lazarus back from the dead to tell my brothers so that they don't end up in this place. Um. And it's interesting because it's like he knows the scripture. He's read it. He knows about Abraham. He knows how the whole thing works. I mean, he's talking about a, 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 an ancient Israelite person. He would have known the Old Testament scriptures and the writings of Moses and all that. So he would have known that God clearly and consistently told his people to care for the poor. But although he knew what God said, he didn't do it. And what it's interesting what Abraham tells him is, you know, even if someone should go back from the dead, um, if they don't believe Moses and the prophet, if they, if they don't encounter God in the scripture, if they don't take seriously um, what God has to say, like someone coming back from the dead isn't going to convince anybody. Um, the takeaway there is that the way, the, the reason why this man failed, this rich man failed in his understanding and encounter with God in Scripture is because he didn't read it with his community. Lazarus laid at his gates. Lazarus could have helped him understand what it means to be poor. We think that God's call to serve the poor is like somehow we're doing them a favor. It could be that we don't un- even understand God or the Scripture because we're only reading with part of the community. Herman Bavinck, who's another theologian, said that Scripture is not merely God-breathed. It is God-breathing in the present tense. And we need a, the community of faith to do that. And the last part, and we're getting late on our time here, the last section, the last little vignette I want to read with you is simply the very beginning of the book of Revelation. And this is what it says. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. And this is the part to catch. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it. What, what God's saying there, what John's writing, is that God's great delight is for you to know him. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of Scripture, and blessed is the one who hears it. Scripture is a blessing. It's a source of joy in life because God is a source of joy into life in life. And just reading it together and receiving it for one another um, can just be the source of deep blessing. And that's often why people just want to hear someone read scripture when they're dying. This is the way that we live in dependence on God's love. Is that we take seriously um, the people that God has put around us globally, locally, um, to encounter God as he is and not just as we wish that he would be as we think our thoughts about him. We live in dependence on God's love. And I'll end with one last Bonhoeffer quote. Without Christ, we should not know God. We could not call upon him nor come to him. 
But without Christ, we also would not know our brother, nor could we come to him. The way is blocked by our own ego. Christ opened up the way to God and to our brother. Um, God is creating his people into a magical and beautiful family of strength, of beauty, of healing. A building built together, a body with many gifts to encounter God together. So now take this time together to um, encounter God uh, in the scripture. Thank you for showing up for this. Thank you for hearing the word from my lips and from one another's lips. Thanks for putting yourself into a posture of receiving the word. Remember that God's word never will return to him void, but will always accomplish its purpose. God's bless you.